You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Hello and welcome. May the peace and blessings of God Almighty be upon you all. You have joined us for another very special edition of Saturday Morning Live. I say it is special because we are live from the Jalsa Salana UK 2023 here in Hadik which is in Oulton. I am joined by Kudus Mateen, myself Usman Bhatt, and for the next hour and a half, we have a very special topic lined up for you. We will be talking about our concept of God, a living God. And before we do, we have a very interesting... Well, actually, how rude of me. I should actually say, how are you? Peace be on you, Kudus. Sorry, <laughs> I totally forgot you, you no, were with us. I appreciate it. No, I, I, I love the introduction, so yeah. I was just letting it carry I on. I totally so. forgot you were here for a minute. But uh, how are you? Like, have you been? Yeah, Alhamdulillah, it's been really good. We are here for, for Jalsa Salana again. Alhamdulillah, what a special moment. What a special occasion for us to be here the blessings of being able to also present on Voice of Islam yeah. again here live from yeah. Hadikatul Mahdi. So, no, it's been amazing. So it's uh, it's live show today. So if you want to dial in, you can actually dial in. But um, we will be talking about uh, God, spirit, spirituality, yeah. Jalsa, uh, and a few other things. So really excited for today's show. So Jazakallah for the introduction. As Kudu said, there is a live and interactive show. We want you to have your say and be part of our conversation. 0208-687-7878. That's 0208-687-7878. Or you can get in touch on any of our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK. Now, um, my like basic, basic, like uh, it's difficult to explain this if you haven't experienced Jalsa, but every year it's getting bigger and better. And the only way I can explain this, and the people in the back are probably thinking, what was he talking about? But I prefer this studio than our actual real studio. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me. But we're here in the middle of a farm. And the Voice of Islam team, uh, through I'm sure many months of planning, have established a studio in the middle of nowhere. And um, the hospitality has been amazing. Like I said, this, this the feel of here, like I, I, it don't feel like we're... Doesn't feel we are on a farm. We're no, on a farm right now. It feels like we're, you know, we've come to a special place just for this recording. But as I said, the whole purpose of Jalsa Salana, I've mentioned this on a number of occasions, it is a spiritual event. It's an event, you can say, where we come as Ahmadi Muslims for like a spiritual MOT. We come, we unite, uh, we enhance in our brotherhood, we enhance our spiritual. Uh, our practices and the highlight of this event of course is being in the presence of His Holiness the fifth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed and the atmosphere that's built here it's almost like a little village that's built here and everyone that comes here people come here from across the world it is an international conference they all come for the same purpose I mean if you look at it generally the conditions aren't the best it's wet it's muddy it's raining and that enough, uh, that reason is enough of a reason for people not to attend an event. But despite of all of the hurdles, people travel from across the world. They're staying on site simply just to be in the presence of His Holiness. And His Holiness is here. He's leading prayers five times a day. He's addressing the world um, twice a day. Uh, it's an amazing feeling, um, you know, when you unite. The, the element of unity in this religion uh, in religion of Islam and in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, nothing compares to it. And I think that's before we get to the main topic. I'm sorry, I've gone off topic, but it's, it's just 
such a strong feeling when, when you're here is because one of the beauty of prayers it promotes unity that all Muslims across the world we pray in one direction all Muslims across the world regardless of your race background wealth you are standing shoulder to shoulder because in the eyes of God we're all equal and we're all united in our belief that's why we're standing like that and praying in that direction and we're following the one Imam whoever's leading the prayer we're following him yeah I think that's really really so important that unity is so powerful and I think when you if you haven't attended Jalsa I can only urge you um, it's such an amazing experience that when you come into the main marquee which we call Jalsa Ga Ga meaning kind of the, the marquee the area and you see that it's like a 150 meter by 50 meter marquee and it's full like for example my where I'm serving volunteering my time is actually in that marquee just some security protocols uh, but roughly the full capacity of the marquee you have anywhere between 8,000 people or even more so when 8,000 people and that's just how many people can fit in the marquee everyone else is outside it, it's such a strong and powerful feeling and the element of um, having identity that you know this is like where I belong and I'm here with my brothers and therefore I don't even know my brothers I might not know the person to my right or left but one thing I am sure and one thing I know we have in common is our faith and is our belief and is our concept of prayer and now we're going to move on to our topic and like I said one thing we learned from this Jalsa um, it's because we're so inspired by people's story You see people, you meet people from across the world And it's a reminder That we have certain responsibilities Towards, of course, mankind But also God Almighty And the reason we have those responsibilities And we have to fulfill those responsibilities to God Almighty, Of God Almighty and of mankind Which is God's creation Is so that we can have a living relationship with Him Because Islam promotes a living God A God that if you pray to Him He answers His prayer but before we go into the concept of a living God, you may ask the question, what is the need of God? And we're now going to go to a clip of Mr. Ayaz Mahmood Khan, who is a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And on the occasion of the God Summit, which is an amazing um, initiative by the Review of Religions team, in which people promote this whole concept, he delivered this talk on the need of God. And we're going to play that and going to join the conversation after this clip. One may ask, what need have we of God? Some would say God is nothing more than the product of primitive minds. God is a name used to bind the ignorant into the shackles of organized religion. God and religion gives the world nothing but violence, as some would say. Unrest, backward ideologies and extremists. And to an extent, one could presume that this is perhaps true. But I'm not here to talk about the God of extremists. Besides, extremism has nothing to do with God. Extremism is an unbalanced way of thinking which reinforces prejudice and hatred. And anyone can be guilty on that front, whether they believe in God or not. I'm here to talk briefly about that pure and holy being who is the creator of this universe, and from whom all goodness emanates, the one who is free from all forms of defect and on whom all worldly and spiritual success and progress depends. A God who nurtures our intellectual development, 
a God who encourages us not to follow blindly, but to ask questions. And then accept an eternal truth when logic and rationality lends its support. This is the God that is presented by Islam. Now, the first question which naturally comes to mind is, in this fast-paced world where most people have little time for anything that doesn't directly affect them, why should one believe in God? Why bother even discussing this topic? Well, first and foremost, we do not accept a truth because it gives us any benefit or saves us from harm. We accept an eternal truth because it is a truth in itself. And to deny a truth after it becomes evident is ignorance. So when someone asks, why should I believe in God Almighty? The simple answer is, because he exists. And there is robust evidence to establish this fact. Therefore, since God exists, one ought to believe in him. Now, as far as that evidence is concerned, that will be discussed in the talks that follow throughout the course of this event. But he exists nonetheless, and that is why we should believe in him. The next question which arises in the context of God is, what relevance does he have in our lives? Should one strive to search for him, to seek him? Now, this is where the question of gaining benefit and preserving oneself from harm becomes important. Whether or not one believes in God, it is often the case that human reason moves one to reflect over the purpose of one's own existence on earth. One asks themselves how this complex universe, which functions so perfectly, came into existence. By chance or by the design of an intelligent creator? Is the complex system of our body its own creator? If the universe has a creator, would he not have a higher purpose for us? Although reason alone cannot answer these questions, these questions nonetheless move one to consider the possibility of God's existence and the purpose for which he has created us, if he does in fact exist. So the question of whether God is relevant in today's society becomes clear. The very hallmark of a civilized, educated society is that they exert their best efforts to explore and answer the higher philosophical questions of life. How can one deem themselves educated, civilized, and cultured if they willfully neglect to explore and investigate a question that is the single most important question related to our very existence on earth? And so I say this, if there is a God, and if he does in fact exist, and if recognizing him and developing a relationship with him is the very purpose for which we have been created, how can any sensible individual ignore this? Whether one believes in the existence of God or not, no one can deny that the question itself deserves our attention and an unbiased investigation nonetheless. In such a case, what greater loss could we possibly suffer in our lives than for us to depart this world without knowing our Creator? On the other hand, what greater gain or benefit could we derive from our limited life on earth than to establish a bond with God and fulfill the very purpose of our lives? What could make God more relevant to our lives than this fundamental fact?
Since the earliest times, we find that the prophets of God have claimed in every era that God has raised them for the reformation of mankind and to rekindle the bond between God and his creation. The prophets have always been deemed by their people to be the most noble, trustworthy, and wise, even before their claim. Therefore, the testimony of over a hundred thousand prophets who claim that they have experienced God cannot be disregarded. What makes the testimony of prophets so conclusive is that each and every one of them has given irrefutable evidence in support of their claim and in support of the existence of God. Firstly, they make prophecies based on revelation from God Almighty and foretell of future events so manifestly that their prophecies cannot be classified as guesswork. Secondly, in the face of cruel persecution and unrelenting opposition, the prophets who stand alone without any worldly support overcome the odds and triumph over those who would seek to eradicate them and their divine communities. Thirdly, as the saying goes, a tree is known by its fruit. The extraordinary spiritual and moral transformation that is brought about by the prophets of God is also one of the greatest proofs of their truthfulness and establishes the existence of God. With the power of a divine teaching bestowed by God and his own personal example, the remarkable manner in which one man transforms a society that is steeped in immorality so that it becomes a pious community that suddenly changes to embrace the highest levels of spirituality, truth, justice, sacrifice, and love for humanity at large proves categorically that the prophets of God are true. For such a transformation in society has never occurred at the hands of worldly leaders. And this also proves that the God who sent them with these unparalleled transforming qualities is also true and he exists. The truth is, no matter how much we progress in science and knowledge, the human race is and always will be in need of the higher moral and spiritual principles that God and religion offer, which make up the very fabric of our humanity. In fact, all of the good values and principles which are the hallmark of a progressive and civilized society stem from religious teaching, teaching that is bestowed to us by God through his prophets. And this is why today, more than ever, in an age when materialism, injustice, conflict, and double standards stand as an obstruction in the way of achieving world peace and inner peace, God becomes all the more important. And in this day and age, it was Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadian, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, who was raised by God as a prophet and reformer to rekindle the bond between God and man. He taught an Islam that was logical and rational. Through revelation from God, he made prophecies that were fulfilled, showed miracles that were witnessed by countless people, and manifested living signs just over a hundred years ago and demonstrated that the God presented by Islam is a living God who is ever present even today, as he was since the beginning of time. He demonstrated that our salvation and inner peace lies in God, who is the greatest of all treasures. Through his own practical example, he demonstrated that normal people like you and me 
can develop a relationship with God even today and that he answers us when we pray to him. The only way we can establish peace in this world is by recognizing God through devotion to God and by offering the rights that we owe to humanity. So the question of God is personal. It's a journey that everyone must take for themselves. If we are to be genuine and honest to ourselves, we owe it to ourselves to seek God at least once in our lifetime, putting aside all our preconceived notions, biases, worldly objectives, and vested interests. So I say to those who feel that religion and God are nothing but stories with no relevance today, at least once, search for God being true to yourselves and pray that, O oh God, if there is a God, if you exist, show me a sign of your existence and guide me to the path which leads to you. There are people who say you are the solution to all of the world's problems. If that is true, I call upon you with humility to show me that you exist and that you answer the prayers of those who seek you. If we spend our entire lives in ignorance, despite the irrefutable evidence of God's existence that is present, we have lost the greatest treasure that we could have possibly attained in our lives. And if God does not exist, hypothetically speaking, an honest, sincere investigation will do one no harm. But one must be genuine and honest in one's search. And then remember these words of the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that when a servant of God walks towards him, God runs towards him in haste. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. So that was Mr. Ayaz Mahmood Khan uh, delivering his talk on the concept of, or rather on the topic of the need of a God. Um, and I think it was an amazing talk. I think all of the talks and incidents and accounts that were presented on the God Summit was so faith inspiring. And I would urge all of our viewers, you can go onto the Review of Religions YouTube channel. And if you go to their playlist, they have two, obviously they did it two years, 2021 and 2022. And you'll find loads of, if ever you are in need of being inspired, that is one amazing um, platform that can inspire you. But just moving the conversation on, obviously I, I feel that this is one of those topics that unless you've experienced it, you won't know that you've found gold. Like when you yeah. build a relationship with God Almighty and in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, I always say this, that we're only in control of our own actions. So when the world is moving in such a fast pace, at moving such a fast pace, everyone is only concerned about themselves. It is so difficult sometimes. And we heard mental health is a big word these days, but mental health has always been a problem. It's not like it's just started now. Well, I think I think all over the world, I think there are people who who believe in God or they believe in a superior power. They believe in God, um, but they just don't know. They don't have the direction. Uh, they don't. Have, some some people basically lack direction. They don't know what religion to go for or 
what belief they should be following, etc. But they, there are people who are out there who still believe in a higher power, yeah. and they're still praying. So, you, you, we we talked about this during pandemic as well. That under the COVID, under COVID, when people were locked inside, they were searching for beliefs. They were searching yeah. for God. It was the it was the most searched thing on Google. Exactly, it was the most searched thing on Google, and that's just that tells you that people still have faith, and they still but believe. Do you feel that it's again like one of the reasons it's like with majority of like if, for example you can use our example my and yourself both born into a religion yeah you kind of inherit it whatever your fa- you see your parents doing you pick it up then you get to an age where you're mature and you decide for yourself that am i gonna continue this or is it just like um i'm just gonna do the the practices as a ritual but it has no meaning to me and I think this is exactly like I say this Jalsa is like a spiritual motif because yesterday in his sermon, His Holiness mentioned this, that uh, faith without righteousness and good deeds is no faith at all. It's no element of, uh, and especially without prayer, you know, it's, yeah, just, otherwise yeah. it's just rituals. It's just practices that we, we're doing. Um, it's true. But, but just to, on that point as well, it's actually very important to experience faith, experience 100%. the connection with God, the experience, the, the. I would say sometimes I would say the power of God because sometimes mm, you feel helpless. Sometimes you think, oh, I don't know how to do this. Uh, how am I going to be able to overcome this situation or how I'm going to solve this issue? And then you start praying. I mean, yeah. and, and when you when you feel that experience, when you feel that there is a some this issue what I have has been resolved without you yeah. even being possible to resolve it yourself, then you start believing. And Absolutely. that experience, to get go through that experience is really, really important, yeah. especially for yeah. us, especially for us. Yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you mentioned um, there are people who are searching and people who know that, like, there must be a God. And I've just got some accounts I'd like to present and share with everyone. Real faith-inspiring accounts. There was one incident from the Gambia where this missionary was uh, who actually lives here now so he told me this incident he said that what we would do normally is, is the when a village would convert we would bring one one of the one or a few of the people to the center train them up and then send them back so that they can train their own people and why to develop their own people and educate their own people so he goes when this happened we called one in, individual from the village started training him speaking to him teaching him the ways of Islam. We asked him, he said, why, why did you convert? Why did you accept Islam Ahmadiyyat? And he said, well, I accepted because I saw a dream where I looked up to the heavens and there were two pictures. And he goes, one of the pictures I recognized straight away that that's the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of God be upon him. The other picture I didn't recognize, but he looked very similar to the Holy Prophet. And he said, as soon as he goes, I kept looking and all of a sudden the picture of the Holy Prophet, may peace be on him, disappeared. And the other picture started to descend down from the heavens. And it, so it came in front of me and then it said, I'm the Messiah. And he goes, I woke up and I knew then that I need to accept. And he goes, I, I did my research and I, and I accepted. That for me, like you hear these incidents and it goes back to the element of, you're right, there are people who are searching. There are people who know that if the Messiah is not coming now, because every major religion is waiting for Messiah. We're not going to go into that topic, the need of the Messiah. But the reality is, is when you have love for God, 
Ultimately, all these prophets and messiahs, they all represent God. And our faith is in God. So out of love for God, we know that to survive in this world and to understand that there is a living God, you need that prophecy to be fulfilled. So that for me was, when I heard this account, and there's many, many other accounts where people, like you said, it's when they put this theory to the test. And the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has mentioned this, that our faith, it's not based on theory. It's not just that, yeah, we believe there's a God because there ought to be a God. No, no, we believe in a God because we've seen the theory, we put the theory to practice, and we've experienced Experience a living yeah. God that in every time we've needed Him, He's always, he's been, always there. been there. And I, and I think this this occasion of the Jalsa Salana, yeah, it speaks volumes in in proof of a living God. And I know I, I was joking in the beginning about like the Voice of Islam studio, but I really meant it. Like like I still remember our first setup that we had here yeah. compared to now. Um, even like if we go back to. Uh, the history of the UK Jalsa, which is the international Jalsa because the Caliph resides in this country, it's come leaps and bounds from where it began. And now almost, you know, attending a Jalsa where there's about forty to 50,000 people just feels normal, yeah. you know, yeah. where it, before it was only a few thousand. So again, the, these all of these experiences and accounts are so faith-inspiring. No, I absolutely. I when when you look around i think it's also just on that point of jalsa that only a few years ago we we heard people we heard that you know the market is getting full it's around 30,000 or over 30,000 people attending and now there's a there's a report coming out from the, from the news one of the newspapers mentioning that there's all, on friday only at yeah. jalsa salana here in the uk it was over 40,000 people wow. on friday and usually, and we're talking, and, and the car park was full, absolutely full. So, and I was doing a duty in the car park, and there were people coming from all over Europe for this event uh, throughout the night with their families, you know, mm-hmm. traveling from far away. So, you know, it just it just tells you that they they've seen what what the what the right guidance is from and what the belief is, and also they followed that, they experienced it, so they're coming back and back for this spirituality coming back to for that I, I love the f- fact that you mentioned that it's an MOT spiritual yeah, yeah. MOT so, which, which, which it is like I said it is a live and interactive show it is your show we want you to be part of the conversation call us tell us of any faith inspiring account that you may have that you may have experienced 0208-687-7878 that's 0208-687-7878 or you can get in touch on any of our socials at Voice of Islam UK. We're gonna go for a very short break. Join us after the break. I 
أشهد أن محمدا You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. His Holiness, Hazret Mirza Masroor Ahmed, the present head of the community, continues in his effort to unite people from all faiths and cultures by promoting interfaith dialogue and religious freedom. He has traveled extensively to spread the message of peace and to remind everyone to respect the rights of other human beings. I will, God willing, always continue to carry out my task and my responsibilities of promoting peace, tolerance, justice and compassion to the corners of the world. I will continue to tell all people that in order to be relieved of the pain and suffering that we face today, we must adopt true justice and equality. Since it was founded in 1889, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has always promoted education amongst its members. With the grace of Allah, the very first Muslim Nobel laureate was an Ahmadi Muslim, Professor Dr. Abdus Salam, an eminent physicist who won the Nobel Prize for physics in 1979. Throughout his life, Professor Salam spoke of how Islam and the Holy Quran in particular was the inspiration and guiding light behind his work. In fact, he used to say that there were around 750 verses in the Holy Quran directly related to science and which enhanced our understanding of nature and the universe. Furthermore, the third caliph of, um, uh, of our community desired for a new dawn of great Muslim scientists and academics to emerge. And so, within our community, he started a tradition of awarding gold medals for academic excellence. Each year, hundreds of Ahmadi Muslim boys and girls uh, are awarded gold medals. Certainly, we believe that access to education is key to breaking the cycle of poverty that has plagued economically weak uh, countries for generations. We learn this from the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, who urged Muslims to fund the education of vulnerable members of society, such as orphans. He taught that spiritual advancement was intrinsically linked to serving humanity, and so a Muslim could not attain the love of God Almighty just through worship and prayer. Rather, the love of God Almighty required Muslims to serve humanity. O ye people who consider yourselves members of my Jamaat, you will be accounted as such in heaven when you truly tread upon the path of righteousness. So offer the five daily prayers in such fear and with such complete attention as if you are actually beholding God Almighty. Observe your fasts in full sincerity for the sake of God. Let everyone who is accessible to zakat pay the zakat. Let him upon whom the pilgrimage is obligatory and there is no obstruction in his way perform the pilgrimage. 
Do good in a handsome way, and discard vice with disgust. Bear well in mind that no action of yours which is empty of righteousness can reach God Almighty. Righteousness is the root of all goodness. No action that is rooted in righteousness will go in vain. It is inevitable that you should also be tried with all kinds of anguish and misfortune, just as the faithful before you were tried. Be alert, therefore, lest you should stumble. So long as you have a firm relationship with heaven, the earth can do you no harm. Whenever harm befalls you, it will be through your own hands and not through your enemy. Even if you lose all honour on earth, God will bestow eternal honour upon you in heaven. So do not leave him. Welcome back to our special Jalsa Salana edition of Saturday Morning Live. I am Usman but with me is Kudus Mateen and regular listeners will be in for our in for a treat, brother, because we are finally joined by Mr. Mudabbar Khalid. Mudabbar, how are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I'm good. Better yeah, later, yeah. Better so, because uh, we're in such, our spirits are so high and we're in such a good mood and we've been talking about God and uplifting moments, we're not going to go into why you're late. No, we're not. We're not going to bring our mood down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I hope you're well. Uh, we pray you're well. But we were just talking, just to catch you up with what we were talking about, is the concept of a living God and how that there are so many faith-inspiring incidents and this whole jalsa um, it's just a reminder uh, it's a great kind of a reminder of our responsibilities not just to one another but also to God Almighty and when you do that then and you put this theory to the test that there ought to be a God then you'll find a purpose and that purpose you excel in that purpose and then you are throughout your life inspired and I'd just like to present another incident because before we spoke about like incidents that people experience or people actually searching for a God because most of us we're born into a family um, who are already practicing or they have a certain set of beliefs and whatever they believe we kind of inherit it. Yeah. So when you put that to the test it can um, really define your faith rather than just your parents defining what you are. There's another account I'd just like to present before you again. This is also from the Gambia. Uh, and this fellow missionary brother was mentioned that he went to this village to preach. And he goes, I preached our message of Islam, Ahmadiyya, the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, the promised Messiah. And so it took about an hour or so. It was a lengthy discussion. It had some back and forth. But at the end of it, majority of the village accepted he said one individual out of them stood up and he said I wish to share a few things that really um, will inspire everyone here and he goes before I say anything like I, I'm not just saying this like to, for, for the like for me to like be recognized but I'm saying this because I'm so blown away and I know by sharing this, you all will be even more inspired and it will cement the fact that we've done the right thing here today. And he goes, if I'm lying, then may God curse my family and you know, may only bad things happen to me. So he's just trying to say to everyone that what I'm about to say, I'm not making up. But he said, for the last seven years, I've been seeing in my dream the same two people. And I don't know who they are. But he goes, they've been coming to me in my dream for seven years. And my dreams have been very similar that of the two, one is pointing at the other and saying, 
he's the Messiah, you should accept him. I've had no idea who they are. And he goes, my latest dream of this particular account was my nephew came to me riding a horse. And he said, uncle, there are two men at the beach waiting for you. So then I hurry, I went to the beach. And it was that same two men, it was the same two men that I've been seeing. And he said to me, um, again, one of them pointed towards the other and said, this is the Messiah, you need to accept him. And he goes, just last night, so because that was my latest dream of that version, that account where these two people came to me, but he goes, just last night, I saw a dream that two people came to our village and um, in their hand, they had a magazine and they were showing me pictures, trying to point out who these two people are in my dream. And I woke up and I said to my wife, it's going to happen. Like what I've been, like the people that I've been seeing, I'm going to be introduced to them today or tomorrow. So cancel all of our plans. We're not doing anything. I don't want it to be that I leave and I miss this opportunity. And he goes, so and behold, you guys have come to our village. You've preached this message. And then as soon as he goes, then the guy said to him, do you remember what those two people look like? He goes, yeah, of course. And then again, his dream was fulfilled. They pulled out a magazine. So one of them, of course, was the promised Messiah. May peace be on him. And the other was his son, the second caliph, Hazrat Muslim, Hazrat Mizah Bashir Ahmed. And he goes, it was always his son, so the second caliph, who was pointing to the promised Messiah, saying, look, this is the Messiah, you need to accept him. So the, that account for me, like you hear these accounts, and like we may be, like you, you may sometimes think that, yeah, these sound like fairy tales, it's almost too good to be true, but the reality is, we don't only have one account, like there are hundreds, if not thousands, millions of accounts of people who have put the theory to the test and have now a living relationship with God Almighty. It's amazing. It's not, And this is not just to say, I'll give you another one with regards to just the UK. Like, I know the two accounts I've told of the Gambia. But I remember Brother Kiyum telling me the story, actually. He told me that once he um, was holding a, a stall, um, a Ahmadiyya community stall, a youth stall, in which it was a basic setup. We had like a picture of the promised Messiah, a couple of leaflets, and they were just behind a bus stop. And he said that this lady, elderly lady, got off the bus, looked towards us, and like, you go, when you're at a stall, you know, like you're trying to engage conversation. So yes. when someone gives you like to look, you try to like <laughs> look back at them and try to instigate a conversation. So he goes, I looked at this lady, she looked at me, we kind of locked eyes. And she all of a sudden got a bit emotional. She got off the bus. Sorry, this is when the lady got off the bus and she got a bit emotional and she started walking towards us. So my straight away, I got concerned for her health. Maybe something's wrong. So I quickly said, are you okay? Is everything okay? She said, who is this man? He goes, oh, this is the promised Messiah. She said, this man has been coming to me in my dreams for years. But I've not known like how to, who he is. Where do I even begin to look for this person? But like all of a sudden I got off the bus and I saw his pictures and it just hit me that wow, this is the man I'm seeing in my dreams. So it's sometimes God guides people. He throws people a rope that look, this is the truth. But there's a 100% success rate if you put the theory to the test. Like, you know, sometimes you ask, what's the risk factor? With this, <laughs> there's no risk, there's no risk factor. There's a 100% success rate that if you put this theory to the test, that there's a God, 
and I need to fulfill my responsibilities to this God through worship and also through service to mankind, to God's creation. There's a 100% success rate that you will find him. Absolutely. But then the responsibility is on you to develop that relationship as it is with human beings. Like when you build a relationship with someone, a friendship with someone, after one meeting, that's not it. If you enjoy that conversation, you feel that you have a connection with someone, you go out and meet that person again. You look for other um, avenues to kind of build on that connection. It's the same with God Almighty. Also, once you've experienced it, you feel that I need to experience this again. again. As, in, as in, I want this again. I want to see it again. And and it never really fails. But I think once you sort of experience that main moment, one of the main moments, I think, when in, 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 especially for us, was inherited in the sense that we were inherited the beliefs of our parents. You know, as a youth, you're like, you're all over the place. You know, you're trying yeah. to, you, you're growing up, you're trying to find new things, etc. You're trying to find your space as well in the world. <laughs> Um, but once you experience that in your youth, you kind of want to experience it over and over again. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really important. And I, feel, I mean, it's, it's difficult to, I, I think for us living here, obviously we're so close to, the, to His Holiness, uh, may Allah be His helper. Basically, we're so close to our community as well that we keep on being inspired. Yeah. Jalsa Salana is one of those inspirations as well the fact that every time we come here there's something bigger there's something new yeah. we meet new people we meet new converts we meet different people from all over the place all over the world who's traveled so far just to be with us just to be in this community just to be you know sharing the same belief sharing the same humanity yeah. the spirit spirituality so but I, you know i'm 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 here in the studio we have uh one of our uh, imams as well it'd be ibrahim I've played a lot of football with him and I'm just coming back to the, one of the moments me and him were playing, we were playing a final, a football final. Mm. And um, there was a moment in the football final with, you know, we were, I think we were one or two nil down and I, was, and I, was, I started praying in, during that final, uh, saying that, you know, God, we, we have to win because we're representing of, you know, our community football club and we have a name on it. We have to win. So throughout, throughout that game, I remember I was reading, uh, I was reciting Durood, uh, sending blessings uh, of you know God to to Muhammad, Muhammad Prophet so Muhammad. Durood is basically we invoke blessings upon the Prophet. Yeah, and um, and I, we won that game. We won that final to the end. I think it was five three to, in the end. And I was like, ah, oh, this is this is amazing. That's you know that moment. And this was in the youth. But this is you know you have more faith in inspiring moments after that. But it's it's one of those things once you experience in the youth. I think that's such a such a big moment for you because you're growing up as 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 a teenager or in your twenties and you start feeling that so that connection. But then it's up up then it's very important for you to continue that relationship with God, and I yeah. think that's what you mentioned as well. That it's up on us now. Once you experience it, when you see and God throws your rope, to now continue that relationship with God because yeah. God is you know it's a living God. It just doesn't stop once. It's you know, it's a living God throughout your life, and that's really important to to for for me. I was gonna say, I mean, um, that last point you mentioned about continuing that relationship with God, I think is very important because I feel that I think a lot of people, not I don't know, I don't know the number, but I would imagine that there are people that would have dreams that come true 
um, and they don't think much of it or yeah. they yeah. I, I mean I've, I've mentioned I've had dreams that have come true as well and when I mention it to people who are atheists they're like it's coincidence 100% it's coincidence mm. and I remember once narrating one of my friend's dreams to my mum because it was regarding my dad who was unwell I was meant to go out for a dinner with some university friends this is over 10 years ago and literally last second I was like my, my dad's not well I can't come <clears throat> so I narrated it to what I told my, one, one of my friends I can't come they then called me back later that evening and said, by the way, one of our other mates, Dev, he had a dream that you were gonna bail out on the dinner because your dad wasn't well. And I said, it is what it is. And then I told my mum, mum was like, he's a man, he, he, he's a believer, there's, there's like, he, he has faith in him. Yeah. Um, but right, I, when I told my friend, I said like, you know, there, there's faith in you, you, you like God spoke, God's spoken to you in, in, in a sense. Mm. Like he hasn't. I, I obviously I've, I've narrated yeah. about Ahmadiyat and stuff to him, but he's he's on a different path. But this is what I was saying that you know when God reaches out to you, you have to then grasp that and hold that and find is, find people, God. People could ask the question then, like it's like with these dreams, yeah. for example. And I've always said this as well. It's like, could you imagine a world where only people who had faith and uh, people who accepted God? were to be shown dreams because then the reality is and I think that one of the beauties of how God set up this whole world and the system is that everyone regardless who you are what status you are what race you belong to what your education is how wealthy you are we all have certain things in common so mm -hmm. for example everyone dreams yeah this is something that God's put in everyone's heart and in our systems that we dream so that if one, one person stands up and says God has shown me and this is what it is mm. and there's proofs and the signs will reveal themselves we're not like I, I don't know what a dream is <laughs> imagine mm. like if only worldly godly people saw dreams and we're like yeah. sorry I don't know what a dream is yeah. what's a dream sorry that sounds a bit weird to me <laughs> but the fact that every person from uh, that every average Joe has seen a dream they know what this whole dream is it's a real feeling mm. it's visions that you have it allows you to actually when God's representatives presents themselves in front of us we're like yeah because I know what a dream is yeah. it makes sense but it's you're right there's something about um, again we go back to Jelsa another experience I want to express is like I mentioned at the beginning like when there's unity and you have a sense of belonging and purpose and the practice what you're doing is so pure it just moves you like one year I remember a few years back I was serving so this whole Jalsa that we do it's uh managed by volunteers um, I would say 95% if not more are volunteers um, and I was that particular year I was volunteering my time at the men's entrance uh, security entrance and we had a couple of uh, guests who just were walking by and they saw that there's a massive function and they just walked in um, so we greeted them at the entrance here at Jalsa Salam. here at Jalsa yeah in this exact farm in Alton we greeted them um, I then had the responsibility just to take him around, give him like a bit of a tour. And it was an elderly English couple. I gave him a tour, we went for a cup of tea, we had lunch, and this was on the Sunday. Uh, and then I explained to them that, okay, we're just about to have the bed ceremony, which is the initiation ceremony. And it's where we kind of uh, all connect with one another and just remind ourselves of our responsibilities and pledge to God that, you know, these are responsibilities, we're going to fulfill them. Now I'm, I've explained this to him 
and I've explained the whole thing that we're going to like put our hands on each other's shoulders so that we can make a connection to our caliph. He said, no problem. And so he stood at a distance. So now I've forgotten that he's there. I've now gone into bad mode. The I need zone, to do, I need zone, to do yeah. I've gone into the zone that we're yeah. about to do this. this. And this is something that everyone looks forward to. Yeah. It's such an emotional, moving... Uh, um, that zone, practice, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Takes so I put my hand on someone's shoulder. The bad ceremony starts. We start repeating after his holiness. Someone puts their hand on my shoulder. And I can imagine, it's a connection. No connection. Okay, by the end of it, once we've kind of finished, and at the end of it, his holiness says, okay, you can now prostrate. I just, like, everyone's emotional. I looked back, and the person that put their hand on my shoulder was this guest. And I looked back at him, and he was fully in tears. And in that moment, I just, like, I, I, I didn't know what to do. Like, I said to him, I don't even know if this person knows what is going on. Mm-hmm. But I looked at him, and he was emotional. And I just had to explain to him, I said, okay, we're now going to go down and prostrate. Um, that's like the ending. That's how we finish this kind of ceremony. If you can do that, you can. If you, Because he was quite elderly. Because, yeah, that's fine. Did such that I came up. And then when we came, when I came up, it was just natural. We just embraced each other. Like, he just hugged me. I hugged him. And uh, he said to me, he goes, I don't know why, but I was just drawn into the unity. Like when I saw that connection, mm. I was like, I have to be part of this. Yeah. And he goes, I don't even know what you said. Yeah. I wasn't even repeating what you were saying. It was in Arabic. Yeah. Um. But we, I just felt inclined to be part of this whole experience. So these are, like I said, the whole, the beauty of Islam, the beauty of these practices is that regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our differences, we unite for the same purpose. And ultimately, in the eyes of God, we're all equal. But that purpose, that sense of belonging, which I feel a lot of people don't have. People are looking for a sense of belonging. We have that. Religion gives you that. And ultimately, if you then fulfill your rights, then you have a living relationship with God Almighty. We are just coming up to the 9 o'clock news. Join us after the break. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live where we are debating whether we should take off our prayer caps or not and I've taken mine off. Uh, I prefer it for some reason. I need to pick it back on because uh, there were people taking well, pictures. Well, I was a bit offended because Imam Ibrahim said, look, well, you better put it on because I'm taking videos and I can see your bold patch. We're expecting some really nice, nice pictures now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, like I said, it is a live and interactive show. This is your show. We want you to be part of the conversation. 0208-687-7878 or you can get in touch via any of our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK. You can hear it in our voices. We are very excited and upbeat because we've been up uh, early. These are the days where we don't sleep much, but we sacrifice our sleeps because we enjoy this whole experience of Jalsa Salana. Uh, it is an event that we mentioned where 95% or even more of the people that run this event are all volunteers. Um, 95%? More than 95%, I would really? say, are volunteers, yeah. Where, and these are uh, it's a very interesting point just off the when we were on the break you mentioned that these are people of different professions but they're not uh, doing yeah, the so task of yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. doctors no, so, are serving food yeah. and so basically uh, when we mentioned before about unity and um, you know everyone comes together and one of our obviously main purposes uh, 
in life and in Islam as well is to, is, is to serve, is to serve humanity. And it's one of the quotes of Hazrat Masih as well, who's mentioned it, uh, the promised Messiah, um, who's mentioned many times that you know our aim is to serve humanity. And there was an incident. Uh, it's not an incident. It's 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 a, it's a normal occurrence actually. Mm. Um, but it was an incident for me because it was just a moment of realization and inspiration actually yeah. when. Last weekend when we had the inauguration and there's a dinner for the workers and there was, I don't know, probably a few thousand workers in the in the marquee uh, who were having dinner with uh, His Holiness, uh, May Allah be his helper. And um, when I finished up my dinner, there's an individual, I won't name him, whose family are very prominent, not just in our community, but outside as well. Um, they, you know, placed themselves in history for science and they they really like you know made a name for themselves and there was a member of their family who was cleaning up um the tables from for, um, putting it in, in, in the bins and taking the rubbish away and when you see that and you think you know these are individuals who outside of this community are very very well established they made a name for themselves and they're very prominent individuals yeah. like i mentioned not just in our community but outside the community as well and yeah. over here they're all we're all the same yeah. when you're serving it doesn't matter who you are where you are what you've come from you're here to serve the community and this is something that his holiness uh, may allah be his helper has continually uh, continuously reminded us yeah. as well that we're here to serve That's the, thing. the guests and everyone that serves does it because they know the source of blessings exactly there yeah. are yeah and the reward there is yeah. And I always say this, like for example, I also we all serve in different capacities, mm. and this is the the few days where you have to sacrifice. Yeah. And service without sacrifice is no service at all, to 100%. be honest. Yeah. And I keep saying to our members and the, the people, especially our team members, because it is difficult when you're sh lack when you have lack of sleep. The weather's like this as well. Conditions are poor. To sometimes get frustrated or like be tired and slouchy in your approach that we don't sacrifice when it's convenient for us mm. that's not then sacrifice. It, exactly that's not sacrifice that's not sacrifice sacrifice is when you have to give something up because okay you suffer. we need to yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to give this up because i need to serve yeah and i'm serving because these are the guests of the promised messiah and this service to humanity is part of my faith it's an yeah. element of worship itself mm. When you do that and you have full faith that you're doing it and then you actually at the same time and I always say to our guys, regardless of how busy we are, we have to we can't forget our prayers. Yeah. Holiness has mentioned this on a number of occasions as well. That's when all of this equation adds up to blessings and a connection with God Almighty. Mm. So like you said, you will see all types of people from different professions serving in different capacities. Yeah. Um doctors who are s serving food and yeah. uh, there are accountants and many other professionals who are just there on hygiene duty yeah. so they're going around just picking, picking up the bins uh, there yeah. are people who are scanning security yeah. uh, voice of islam mm. mta which is a international channel of our community this whole proceeding is being broadcasted to the continent of africa 12 countries amazing. 12 channels yeah 12 oh. channels in africa yeah. it's amazing yeah. like when you see the scope of it and how it's grown and every year the challenge the biggest challenge is how do we cater for more people mm. um, so it's a real blessing and I, th and I think Jalsa itself you're right it's um, for me like a, what's your fondest memory of Jalsa in terms of like spirituality spirituality I think it's possibly you know the years that we did um, yeah I was gonna say yeah the years that we used to do VIP yeah so we yeah, yeah, yeah. me and Mudabu used to serve just to give context guess, yeah. um, to our viewers that all of the kind of um, international guests that come, there is a team that is dedicated to 
look after them, host them. Yeah. Um, I believe it's called Reserve One. Reserve One. So yeah. we, from a very young age, used to stay on these uni campus yeah. uh, for a number of weeks, two to three weeks. And as soon as they land the plane, they're our responsibility. We go yeah. and look after them. Yeah. And you're right, that that was amazing because you realize the scope of our exactly. uh, like community it's yeah. not just how like, big it is where people yeah. have come from and they're coming from china they come from turkey yeah. they come from africa, africa yeah. and when they come from africa coming with the entourage and this yeah. Like, yeah i still remember yeah. like uh yeah this is the thing so now rain is very common like yeah. rain's not an issue for us yeah, 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 it's yeah. common like yeah. if it rains no problem yeah. but i remember the first time it rained very heavily Seven, 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 eight. I can't remember the exact year, but it was the year of the mud. I remember we did <laughs> that year. Mud, okay. That year, I like that named, title. That the year, year of named, the mud. That year was named the year of the mud. Yeah. And um, vans were getting stuck, oh, yes. and cars yeah, were getting yeah, yeah. stuck. And I still remember there was this new convert from America, mm. and they came to this convention for the first time. Met his holiness, experienced the whole jalsa. He was spiritually on a high. Mm. And now on the third day, we've wrapped up. We're heading back to our accommodation. And the 16-seat van that we're in gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And they're our guests. You know, they're our, so we said to them, no, you, you stay in. And I remember me, you, whoever it was, there were two, three of us. Like, uh, one of our friends, Akil, who was there as well. We're now pushing the van. But we're like 15-year-olds <laughs> trying to push the 16-seat <laughs> van out. <laughs> So we're pushing, 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 and then I think the guests realize we yeah. need to go and help. So all of the American guests, that was the, the that van was full of American guests, they got out. And this brother, his name was Bilal, he was the convert. He like was so passionately pushing. As we started pushing, the tire just span. And the mud just, but we managed to, like as it happened, it was the van moved, but as it moved the tire span and all of the mud just went from head to toe, he was covered in mud. We felt so embarrassed. We are like, oh my, he's our guest. He was overjoyed. He was like, oh, I've, <laughs> he loved yeah. it. He loved it. Because I've, ser- I've managed to serve. And that, I mean, because I managed to serve, I helped my brothers. Yeah. And we're like, no, but you're our guest. He goes, no, yeah, that's fine, but service is service. Yeah. So those accounts, I still remember. And, and like, there are certain like areas, certain uh, countries where kings are coming. Yeah. But when they see His Holiness, they're very, very humbled. Yeah. Like no longer do they, like, they're not worried about themselves, they're worried about His Holiness. Yeah. Those accounts are amazing. Um, mm. And you're right, I don't think it's, I think one of a maybe misconception is when people think about prayers being accepted and like religious experiences, they think very like serious Serious incidents, uh, serious incidents. events, and it's like what you—the incident, what the account that you mentioned was so powerful in the sense that it's our day-to-day lives. Yeah, like we can relate to religion in yeah. every field. So you mentioned sports. I think sports in this day and age plays a huge role in um, the upbringing of our children. Absolutely. Because, and I feel lately it's like because of social media, because of the gaming world and industry, mobile phones, because of all these distractions, people are taking a bit of a step back from competitive sports and that i think has a huge effect on our on our nature on our mental well-being physical well-being and i just keep thinking back to um when we went to nigeria um, we had the chance to go to nigeria and i've mentioned this a couple of times but i'll never forget this incident like it's and forget the football like the football was secondary for me the uh, incident i'll never forget 
is the people showed us so much love. Yes. yes. Only for one reason, that we've come from where his holiness come, lives. These, like, these Ahmadi Muslims that have come to Nigeria, they're from the land of the holiness, where the holiness lives. So we're going to show them so much love. And I just remember the day before we came back, or two days before we came back, we got taken to like a local radio station because it was a big thing for that area that this team from the UK has come to play. Um, and one of our guys just announced on the radio station that, yeah, whoever's listening, uh, we're going to be heading back to London in a few days. If anyone wants to send any letters to His Holiness, they can, we'll deliver them ourselves. Now, I remember when he said that, I looked at him and I thought, mate, we're in some like remote place. Firstly, I don't know how many people have radios. Like, I know we're in a radio station. I don't know how many people have radios in this like in this uh, village. Um, okay, even if someone's listened to us, how many people here even have the basic paper and pen to write a letter? Mm. <laughs> because that's <coughs> that was a reality of the situation where we were. Like there was no light. Like there was light, but they kept going on and off. It was real difficult situation. Uh, I mean, it wasn't difficult in that sense, but it was. Um, for, the, for someone who's been born and raised in the UK or in the West, where like running water is so normal, yeah. or electricity and normal roof on your top of it is so normal, there these things weren't normal, they were luxuries. So that I was going through my mind that, God, we've announced this. How silly do we sound? Mm. People might not even have pen and pencil here, or paper. And I kid you not, the next day we had about 300 plus letters <laughs> just turn up to our door. Mm-hmm. And I was so in awe and shock. And just moved that wow, like people really, really through accepting the Messiah and having this relationship yeah. have found purpose. Yeah. There are even people coming up saying specifically saying yeah. that please, please make sure that this yeah, letter goes please. to his holiness. Just please. And uh, the amazing thing is, like I've been to I've had the opportunity to go to Africa twice. And both times I've seen that there are places where there's no TV, there's no radio. They've not seen physically His Holiness. Like, they've not even seen a picture of Him in certain circumstances. But they know that there's a God. The concept of God they believe. The concept of prophets they believe. And they're waiting for a Messiah. So, you know, that level of faith here, yeah? mm. that level of faith is something that you can't shake. That is an unbreakable level of faith. To have faith in someone and 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 and, and God, to be, to believe in God when you have not seen this man, you don't know who you're following. You don't know what he looks like. I know people through extended family who um, are not Ahmadi, but they're like, I need to I need to hear what His Holiness sounds like when he reads the Mars to know whether he's a true man or not. This is what he said to me. One of my family members said to me, I need to know how he reads the Mars, how he pronounces the Arabic to know whether he's a true man or not. And there's people across the world who've never even heard, or they might have heard him through radio, or they haven't seen him. And then they've got faith in him and to, to, to that extent. That's, that's, that's faith that I wished, I, believe, I, I hope I have. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's very inspiring. That's, but this is why we are so blessed yeah. to be born um, the Muslims, yeah. right? Uh, and I feel that I mean yes in, in a way just like we are blessed 100% mm. 
yes we want to have that sort of same experience if we could mm. but i think we experience it in different ways yes 100 we do yeah yeah it, it, it's weird like it, it's weird it's gonna sound so like cliche uh, cliche but like <laughs> with great responsibility with great like with blessings uh, yeah. with great blessings like we've said we're blessed comes great responsibilities mm. in the sense that is it enough for us just to say that because like we're in the presence of his holiness mm. or we're in the west and our parents like, we're fortunate now because we know we've made our parents we've made the right decisions that we were born in this environment but actually then the responsibility on us is even it is. heavier like, people know, are looking at us yeah no it's because it, it's like we have to practice what we preach yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not parrots yeah, like we yeah. don't just like uh, and i always give this example like you can teach a parrot to say a few things and it will say it without fail mm. so when we pray that we don't we shouldn't pray like parrots like that it's not just something i've learned when i was young and i'm just continuously re- repeating mm. it and there's no meaning to me and i don't know how to relate to it when we serve it's not like we don't serve like again at our convenience it's an element of sacrifice because we believe that service and sacrifice will take us a step closer or build uh, a stronger link mm. with god almighty so all of these things they they add up and it, again jalsa the beauty behind Jalsa is that it was established by the promised Messiah um, and when something is established by the Messiah who we believe of course is a prophet of God as well there are so many blessings attached uh, in it and I can only present before you that the first ever Jalsa was in 1891 in Qadian mm-hmm. and it was established by the promised Messiah and 75 people attended like this i'm just trying to show you the scope of where we are now that the first jalsa only 75 people attended in 1891 and now in 2023 there are this community is established in more than 200 countries in the world and each country is holding its own jalsa salana <laughs> and this international jalsa in the uk where his holiness resides is a huge event um like I said, we're expecting 50,000 people mm. to attend this event. And that's, it's so weird how that number sounds normal. Like, yeah, it's normal for like this event to have about 40 to 50,000 people. Mm. And it's only going to get bigger and bigger. And so. it's not just in the UK where it's reaching those numbers. Canada yeah, had their yeah. Canada had their one recently and they were in five figures as well. I mean, they yeah. were like 20 or 30,000. And then we have Germany coming up as well in a few weeks and that's going to be similar, num- yeah, similar numbers. And then when you come, yeah, so it was 79, you said, right? From 79 to where we are now 71 71 sorry From 71 to where we are now In less than two centuries And literally just oh, over so 91 1891 yeah. 1891 Yeah yeah So just over Well not just over But um, yeah In like 130 odd years We've come this far mm. But you don't over come 200 again, countries that, that, that itself is a reminder That you don't come this far If it's not for God 100% Yeah you know I mean 100%. These things we have to continue To remind ourselves That it's The element of God blessings a living God and this is what we try to preach that we as Muslims believe in all previous religions we believe in all previous prophets we believe in all previous books but we don't believe that God is a thing of the past Mm. and it's just a story that we read and there once was a God who used to answer prayers when people used to pray to him we believe that God that same God who answered prayers then is living and you can have a living relationship with him and answering prayers now and he's answering prayers now 
And it's um, it's amazing. Again, you have to put these theories to the test. And one theory, well, in the Holy Quran, God Almighty says that the prayer before dawn, the pre, the tahajjud prayer is what we call it. That is the time where God Almighty descends to the lowest heaven, and He announces that is there anyone whose prayer I can answer. So it's like, and I always think, and this is our human weakness, and I, and I always point the finger at myself, that when I evaluate that, you know what, it's, it's so poor of myself that when I need something, it's so much easier to wake up for that prayer. Mm-hmm. And in times of like joy and happiness, gratitude, like, yeah, we just get a bit lazy. So, and it works. You know what, that time of the day when you wake up with that intention, when you, you go to sleep with this intention, I need to wake up. And then you wake up and you think the whole world is asleep. Your phone's not going off. There's no disturbance. It is just such an amazing experience. It's so easy to get emotional at that time because you've woken up with a purpose. And when you continue to do that, you're, you find not just comfort. God doesn't just answer your prayers, but your, your character as well. In terms of look, the ultimate prayer, the ultimate relationship with this God, with God, is basically having faith and acknowledging that, regardless of what happens, God has answered my prayer. Yeah. In the sense that I don't know what's best for me, God does. So if it's in the way that I want it to be, yeah, great. If not, then it must be there's something better for me. Yeah. Or God has saved me from something. We don't know. So I, it's I to mean, live yeah. with that in yeah. that mentality. I mean, I so so obviously the. Schools are off now. The universities are off, and uh, people have done the exams and everything. But you know, do, when I was sort of studying and in my in my legal studies as well, it was so tough. And my granddad was very, very spiritual in the sense that he's very close, connected to to the community, but also had a very, very strong faith. Very, he believed in God, so, God so much that you know he could fight the whole world, but he'll he'll yeah. know that God is with me. Yeah. So uh, I used to say. I used to have discussions with him and, and he used to say to me that, okay, so how, how's, your, how's your exam preparations going? And I used to be like, yeah, I'm really worried, you know, I'm, I'm worried that I don't know if, you know, people say you're worried they're not going to pass. I, I was more worried that I was, wasn't gonna get, going to get the grades. He used to say to me, there's only two things which can happen, right? He says, either you pass or you fail, right? <laughs> he used to say that. But he says, if you have put all your efforts in, and you keep your connection with God, then God will do the rest for you. And it always happened like that, on repeat. So if you did your your part, your bit, you did your prayers, you had that connection with God, you did your studies, you practiced it, you trained yourself and, and did all your part, there was there's nothing, unless obviously God doesn't want you to pass or doesn't want you to achieve or be successful on that on that in that situation. But then that you can also leave to God. Um, so there, there, was, there was very easy in that sense that you can sort of relieve a lot of tension and stress as well of the worldly life in that, that way, if you think of that way, that, you know, okay, I can just relieve myself from the situation yeah. and say, okay, I've tried my best. Yeah. Now I'm just going to leave it to God. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we'll call the wakul, right? Yeah. That's what the wakul so, Yeah, real. But again, I think it's very important and uh, what I get from your incident, it reminds me that we're by no means saying that don't put in any effort in to achieve yeah. any goals just pray and everything will be okay 
that's not what we're saying and that's not I hope that's not how we're coming across in fact the prophet may the peace and blessings of God be upon him always used to say that you have to tie your camel as well meaning that it's not just enough to just pray you have to put in the hard work back that hard work with prayers then you'll be at comfort that I've done everything in my power because it's happened with me as well sometimes you like you work so hard you're not achieving what you want or the, what you're working on is not developing in the way that you want it and at that time when I evaluate I'm like okay do you know what I, I didn't give some charity today I didn't write my letter requesting for prayers I, I could have woken up earlier to pray these things um, yeah absolutely could just be pointing and whispering at me about weight loss you're right though you're right I get honestly because I, I yo-yo up and down I yo my weight yo-yos up and down but I always like when I start and I'm in the process of start doing it restarting but no no we started, we started since June but it's like I always pray that God give me strength like because it's like Dieting. I know what you need it's to do. It's a mental strength more than anything. The calculations aren't hard. You have to take. You have to. Your calorie intake has to be less than your calorie outtake. Yeah. yeah. That. You know, how many you burn. Yeah. So it's very easy. Like there's no secret. Mm. Like, but I always pray that God, give me strength. Like because even this particular practice, it's not easy. It's like, not it's, easy. It's no. so many distractions. Very so, yeah. It's um, put the theory to the test. If our takeaway point from today's conversation is we're also inspired like these coming to this jalsa is in a very inspiring occasion uh, there are at every turn you meet someone you are inspired whenever you listen to his holiness and his holiness addresses the world twice every day during these these, these three days so all you have to do is listen with an open heart and when you do that and you understand, like I said, with theories, there's theories for everything. Like people could present theories to you that God doesn't exist. But it's when you put that theory to practice, is when you realize that there is a God, a living God. And when you pray to him, he answers your calls. So that's how we're going to end our show today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, Jalsa, again, it is a live live proceedings that are being aired on MTA or you can continue to listen our to our coverage live coverage on the voice of Islam it was great having you thank you for joining our conversation today see you again next week assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum